cultivated a life of yeehaw, even though I'm not from Texas. Can you make a t-shirt that says that, please? Can I've I cultivated, a, cultivating life a life of yeehaw. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Almost Somebody Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Allen. If you're new here, you can call me LA. If you're not new here, welcome back to the podcast that reminds you that even if you're waiting on something, a job, a spouse, the world to stop being on fire, you are not almost somebody, but you're already somebody unconditionally loved by God exactly where you are. And it's my hope for you that this podcast provides tools, wisdom, and encouragement from the stories of others to help you take your next right step in what it looks like to live a life on purpose. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to my friend Annalise about what it looks like to be a vulnerable and sensitive person in a pretty walled off world, Uh, what it looks like to embrace loving others, opening your heart back up if you've been hurt before, all the things. Uh, When I first moved here, I was a lot more walled off than I am now. And that was not a solo journey. I have people like Annalise to thank for just helping me take steps into being a more vulnerable, authentic version of myself. So I'm really excited for this episode. Let's hop right into it. What's up, Annalise? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, first question of the podcast. What did you want to be when you grew up? Okay, I have this really vivid memory of drawing a picture of what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I wanted to own a mall. (laughs) In the mall, I wanted to have a bookstore that I owned, a candy store that I owned where I was like a taste tester of the candy. Okay. And then I wanted to be a cowgirl in the back of the mall. I would have like a rodeo. (laughs) I love this. So I moved to Texas um, and I just got a degree in library science. So I'm living two out of the three. You know, mm-hmm. you're um, a cowgirl working on it. Honestly, honestly working on it. Um, I'm from New England originally, so I'm still learning to vibe with the, the country, the country vibes with the yeehaw, uh, the yeehaw. If you don't own a mall as a cowgirl right now, what mm. are you doing? At the moment, I am a communication specialist for the School of Social Work at UT. Um, I write for them. Writing has always been something that I've really loved and have wanted to integrate into my life. Um, and so far that has nonprofit and academic communications. Um, but I'm in this weird place of where like, I know what I want to do long-term, but I'm not there yet. Um, Mm -hmm. so like I said, I have a master's in library science, um, and I would love to be a public librarian one day. Um, I really value community and, um, helping people find the information they need, helping them find like that next great book they're going to love, um, Libraries do so much for our communities. So, like, shout out to libraries. Shout out to libraries. Shout out to libraries. Um, If you have not been to your local library, wherever you are, lately, go befriend a librarian. Tell them you appreciate them. They put up with more than you could possibly imagine. Um, Utilize the crap out of that. They, we are here to help you. So, you told us what you wanted to be when you grew up, what you're doing now. Mm. Take us on a little bit of the journey of your story. So you said you moved to Texas kind of recently. I grew up in a Christian household. My parents um, set a really awesome example of self-discipline in like praying and set a really solid foundation for my siblings and I in reading the Bible um, and being faithful in that. 
Um, when I was nine, my mom was diagnosed with chronic Lyme and some other tick-borne diseases. And I don't know if people like outside of New England really know how terrible that disease can be, but um, basically the bacteria, it can settle in any part of your body. And for my mom, it settled in her brain. Um, and that just led to a lot of like pain and suffering that I witnessed as a nine-year-old um, until I was 16. So that was a really formative part of my so because of my mom's illness i ended up going to a private school where i was bullied um for um for our differences in faith um it was a catholic school i am not catholic i don't follow that tradition and um people made fun of me which was really hard um uh, being bullied and leaving that experience, um, kind of watching my mom be hospitalized, um, watching her kind of regress. Um, the Lord healed her through some, um, like, physician, doctor stuff that I still don't super understand how it works, but, like, it's seriously a miracle that she's Lyme-free and has been Lyme-free since I was 16. Mm. That's not something you're supposed to recover from. Um, but going wow. through that was really difficult um, for my whole family. We dealt with it in many different ways. Um, high school was a really formative time in terms of owning my faith and making it my own. And then I went to a Christian college um, for my undergrad. And that was also a really formative time um, in some relational ways that were really important. Had my first like relationship there. Um, kind of knocked the idol of marriage off of its little stand in my mm. heart um, and went through some really painful friend breakups, um, which I still kind of struggle with from time to time. Um, you know, people walk out of your life and you don't know why and you kind of just have to make peace with it. Um, and then after graduating from my undergrad, I moved home for three years which was, it's challenging to do after being independent for so long, um, moving back, moving back home, and then getting um, emotionally punched in the face with the global pandemic. Um, I had been planning to move to Massachusetts. The Lord shut that door. I didn't understand why. The Lord opened a door to move to Austin, and I was like, why here and not there but i took the leap uh the transition royally sucked um transitioning to a new city is incredibly hard um and i just want to say to any people who are listening who are like moving to a new place and are like why is this so painful is there something wrong with me there's not there's nothing wrong with you um starting a new thing is so intense and the combination of new place, new house, new roommates, new friends, new job is overwhelming. Um, so there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. um, I say this because I thought there was something wrong with me. Same. When vulnerability is one of like the core ways that we actually bond with people, why do you think it's so rare in culture now? I think if you can't go it alone, something is wrong with you and you're weak. Like that is mm -hmm. the overarching message um and you know we love an underdog story or like someone who is very like weak underdeveloped unseen pulls themselves out of that um and i think that that's definitely probably the number one um kind of hidden message that we all like take in 
um, as like American Christians, and that has definitely invaded the church. And I think that's like super dangerous. Um, I think in the Bible, what we don't see is that the ancient Jewish culture was a very community-driven culture, and they went too far on that to the point of like your life reflects on the you have it from this more community-driven worldview and this individualistic-driven worldview, and both go too far. And I think Christianity um, at its truest core is both, where it's like you're part of a community and what you do is important to that community and you're a part of it, but also like your love doesn't individual. Finally, vulnerability is just like absolutely terrifying, especially mm-hmm. if you have like issues with trust or if you've been hurt before. Um, it might be harder to be vulnerable in like big group settings or like a church setting or even just like with anyone or even with yourself. Mm. Um, I think that is like vulnerability really needs to start with the self and with God. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't be vulnerable with God, then you can't be like, well, what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And like being honest with yourself about that. So I think that, you know, there's also just this very idealized person in American culture who's like self-sufficient, sarcastic, sharp wit, really funny, like really capable. Doesn't need anyone. Doesn't need anyone. And like that avoidant attachment personality Mm. is so incredibly glorified. Um, And like people are like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what's healthy. And it's really not like needing other people is normal and natural. Like one of the verses out there somewhere, I think it's in the Psalms, is like God puts the lonely in families. Yeah. And like we can't, we can't do it alone. Like if we are alone our whole lives, like we will die. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to go well. You're going to be miserable and sad. Mm-hmm. Not to say that my introvert buddies out there need to go out and be a huge extrovert. Yeah. But I hope you have at least one person who you can be honest with. So that the listeners can learn from your life experience, what is one area that you are growing in vulnerability and sharing with others in your life right now? So I live with a foster mom right now, and she is 26. She's a champion. Shout out to Rebecca. What a champ. Um, She has a 15-month-old right now, and I, you know, have been supporting her, like loving on this sweet baby, Um, but something that has been super powerful for me is seeing the way that she pulls in the community around her and like really a village is raising this child Mm -hmm. which i think is so powerful there are so many people i know who are like no our family only can like be a part of this child's life so it's been super powerful to see the friends that are like coming around my housemate and me and the baby that we live with um and the fact that she like lets them into her struggles Mm. like being a mom at a single mom at 26 um, wow like honestly we're doing so many shout outs shout out to foster moms seriously i have been so wowed and just like the perspective that it is to see how many single women in our church have a heart for fostering children and voluntarily take that on like it just whether you believe in Jesus or not, that is startling to yes. be like, wait, like, it was startling to all the fleshly parts of me that were mm. like, life is about me, 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 me. And then I was like, 
oh my goodness, I'm meeting woman after woman after woman that has laid her life down to raise a kid that's not hers yeah. and welcomes in all of these people to like help her raise a child. Like it's just so countercultural that it can't not like get you in the heart yeah. to be like, this is beautiful. This is different. This is different. This is different. And it's different than, than the church I'm used to, than the mm. idea of church. Like, mm. this is like... This is the church. Okay, so how do you live as someone who stays vulnerable, remains a sensitive person, but also takes care of themselves and isn't just constantly giving, giving, giving. I love this question. Let me tell you why I love this question. I love this question because people are like, oh, you're vulnerable and empathetic and sensitive. Let me dump all over you and walk all over you. And I have been that person in my younger years. Not that I'm like ancient and full of wisdom. I'm still pretty young. <laughs> we're young. We're just talking. What up? We're in our, we're in our 20s. Um, but I have definitely been that person um, who has been like a doormat and was like, this is what God wants from me. God oh wants gosh, me. Same. He wants me to be a martyr. He wants me to lay my life down. But like, I am not we're supposed to be Christ-like, but like he does the work and we do not. And like, that mm. was actually a really works-based, law-based attitude where it was like, I can earn my salvation by loving people because I'm basically the same as Jesus. And like, that's not true. So for me, what's been really important is boundary work. Um, the boundaries book by Cloud and Towson. Um, learning about attachment style. Um, there are plenty of podcasts out there. There's a book called Attachment. There's a book called Attached to God. Journaling. Um, I committed to journal every day at least one page back in like November, October, October, when my life here was beginning to fall apart so it could be rebuilt. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And that has been instrumental in helping me figure out what am I actually feeling? You're spitting straight fire, straight emotional vulnerable fire here with all these resources and journaling and I hope listeners are jotting all of this down. Uh, if not, go back, rewind like 15 seconds and get those resources because these are incredibly helpful for being in tune with yourself, your emotions, and just growing as a person. Um, Annalise, I would love to know what your favorite part about being a vulnerable person is. Um, I feel like it's a superpower, kind mm. of. Like it's the ability to like walk into a room well, yes, the ability to walk into a room and be like, okay, something is not right here. Like to be like kind of the smoke alarm of the, of the world. When those moments happen where like I have the courage, like God gives me the courage, honestly, to like speak out and to be vulnerable and to be like, here I am, here I am. And people are like, here I am. That's different. Oh, like, they meet you there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, and, like, just being sensitive, like, knowing that, like, my heart really does break with God's heart, and, like, that's constantly my prayer. Um, like, that the things in this world that are unjust, that God will break my heart for those things. Just being someone who embraces her sensitivity and vulnerability is a person that I love being, and, like, I take a lot of joy out of that, and, like, while knowing that it is, like, the Lord working but mm. i think that when something is like truly good like it does feel good and yeah. like we get to enjoy that so i would just really enjoy 
this episode is filling my heart with joy. I hope it's filling listeners' hearts as well. Um, I love how you called vulnerable people and highly sensitive people the smoke alarms of the world. Uh, I think there is a really, really special place for people that have a heart to be vulnerable and step into rooms uh, and meet people where they're at. I do. I am thankful um, to have those gifts, but I haven't always felt that way. So could you speak to the listener that has either felt like they're too sensitive, been told that they're too sensitive, um, or just life circumstances have made them feel like they're just too sensitive for this world? I would encourage people who feel like they are too sensitive or have been told they are too sensitive to do is first of all, like if you're a person who loves vulnerability and sensitivity, embrace that and then pray for discernment if you are a believer um, in Jesus, because that has been vital for me in figuring out like who can I trust with my vulnerability? Who is not open to vulnerability and who needs my vulnerability? Mm. Um, just like pray for that outpouring from the spirit. Um, really believe he'll give it to you. Um, yes. So that would be like my first like piece of advice. If you are a woman who has been told that you are too sensitive, you are so strong. You are so brave. Showing up and being vulnerable is one of the most courageous things that you can do. Um, and, all of the people who say that you're too sensitive or like make fun of you for crying at like Hallmark movies or like commercials about puppies. Keep crying. Keep crying. Keep crying. And it's mm. important for everybody um, to be able to be vulnerable, maybe not with everyone, but with the people in your life. If you feel like you're not called to lead in vulnerability in spaces that you're not comfortable in, that is so okay. Um, but again, I hope that you are able to be vulnerable with God, yourself, and at least one person who you trust. Um, and I think everyone should cultivate it. Sweet. Yeah. Wow. Thanks wow. for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me ramble. I think that, yeah, They're this is so one of my favorite <laughs> episodes already. And Yay! I love it. Okay, guys, this is Laura from the future, and I agree with Laura from the past. This is hands down one of my favorite episodes that we've been able to record so far. I hope that you are able to gain tools, wisdom, and encouragement from Annalise's life and perspective on vulnerability and sensitivity to help you embrace a life on purpose wherever you are right now. I am so thankful that Annalise came on uh, to be vulnerable with us, with the Almost Somebody podcast audience. And if you loved the words that she shared, I'm going to share her blog, a link to her blog in the show notes, um, where you can go follow her on her Instagram. I'll share that as well. And then please connect with the podcast at almost somebody pod with two D's. And then my Instagram is at today with LA. I'd love to hear your favorite episodes of the podcast and favorite parts of this episode. Please feel free to share, rate the podcast, help us out. Um, but my heart for you is that this episode met you where you're at and encouraged you to be vulnerable today. So, so thankful Annalise came on and remember, you're not almost somebody, you are already somebody unconditionally loved by God. So go out, be curious about someone's story and see how that can change the world. I'll see you guys in the next episode.